Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Blah, 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 blah. On a dark, cold, wintry night, I like nothing more than encasing myself in the hide of a bear that I hunted using my uh, bear hands, and then starting a fire using all my enemies before drinking a hot cup of revenge. Uh, But obviously, that's a bit tricky for some of you to do, and I am all about universal ideas that work for everyone. So instead, uh, if you've got a cold bum and seek some comfort for yourself or loved ones with cold bums, then why not head to British-Boxers.com for their range of luxury casual wear, what is all made ethically and by properly paying people and doing all the stuff that I wouldn't even have to mention if the world was a better place and everywhere was run by nice types. But it's not, which is why I must seek revenge. Sorry, but... As it is, uh, British Boxers are a great company to support, not just because they're lovely people, but also because their jammies are well nice, as are their nightshirts, undergarmentals, and they've even got a section called Kids and Pets, which obviously sells clothes for kids and pets, not actual. sell kids and pets like that. Luckily, by having ears of taste and listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off any purchases at British-Boxers.com by using the code PARPOLBRO15! So go do that right now. Or you could hunt a grizzly and destroy a cartel. But I mean, to be honest, it is a lot of work. It's quite tiring. Ethically, very dubious. Maybe just buy some nice PJs instead. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that sees number 10 Downing Street's Wine Time Fridays tradition and raises them an hour's worth of condensed whining in an audio format. I'm Tiernan Duyeb and this week as the Prime Minister and Captain Krakenalia Boris Johnson tries to save his job by launching Operation Save Big Dog, is that what he refers to himself as because he keeps humping furniture, shitting in his own bed and is definitely barking, or has he just realised that it might make voters think they have to keep him for life and not just for Christmas? It's a trait of the British public that we always need to assume we're the pariahs of humanity and that out there in the gunk of society, it's someone else who's doing absolutely everything wrong. 
we want to work, but also we assume no one else does or is even trying because let's face it, working is shit, but if you can pretend that you want to do it, maybe no one will notice you crying in the stationery cupboard. Someone else is having too many children, someone else is leeching off the state, and someone else is definitely wasting the NHS's time having things removed from their rectum. During the last few years, over 90% of people surveyed said they were obeying lockdown restriction rules, but were certain no one else was, because isn't everyone else the absolute fucking worst? It turns out, though, that the British government have been taking on the burden of being those people in order to support the public's perceptions. If no one else is going to go out there and piss all over the necessary life-saving laws in the midst of a global pandemic, then can you imagine how miserable the country would be knowing that they can't feel high and mighty over anyone? So, thank you to the Conservatives, who have for quite some time now been right there taking all the jobs and homes, having dozens of children they can't afford, sponging all that cash of the state to hand to pals or pay for houses they didn't need, not paying their taxes, signing things without checking any of the details, and generally talking down and dismantling British values and institutions. You'd think they'd all get given knighthoods for their incredible services to creating evidence for baseless assumptions, but they've already given each other those for far worse, more useless reasons like breaching national security or being the worst possible person at their job. Actually, thinking about it though, what do the British public need more than to be able to see someone out there is so unqualified for their position and so bad at it that they can feel confident they aren't as useless as they thought? The government just keeps giving us all morale boosts whenever they can. And now, of course, as everyone was trying their best to stay at home and save the NHS these last two years, and indeed other people's lives, the government rightly worried about what kind of society we'd become if we worked together as a community and learned to trust each other's intentions. Sorry, I'm just retching a bit thinking about it. So again, thanks to the Prime Minister, that punched flesh version of a discarded salt bin, for going out of his way to make sure he and his staff partied endlessly throughout 2020 and 2021. In fact, they all partied so much, it would now be easier for the news stories to simply list the day's staff didn't have to drag a suitcase of booze from the Westminster Co-op to neck in the number 10 garden under the guise of Wine Time Fridays, a name that must have been a third choice after the initial suggestions of unlawful rule-bending weekending or party while people die fry. Sometimes these events were a works do, or a farewell speech, or a formal meeting, or an ancient ceremonial cocaine ritual, or a traditional mocking of the poor, or any number of inventive names that now means here in Britain we have more words for party than Inuits do for snow. Boris Johnson always insisted they were doing the best they can, and it does seem he was really putting the work in. I mean, I'm 16 years younger than him, and I need at least three days to get over each hangover, but there he was, for the country, for the people, at it endlessly, regardless. I'm sure if we checked his records in ICU, he probably had an IV of pure champagne and the oxygen tank contained laughing gas so he'd give the appropriate response to the daily Covid stats. And what could be more British than drinking constantly and excessively to self-ruin? He's just like us, you know, except we had to drink at home alone while everyone died, but it's basically the same. Anyway, that's how I'd frame it if I was the Conservative Party press team, but instead they've chosen the amateur route of insisting none of the things that happened actually happened, but also happened enough that they've had to apologise to the Queen. They definitely didn't party the night before she had to attend Prince Philip's funeral by herself due to restrictions, but also they did party enough to apologise to her about something to do with them partying that evening. Just last week, one of the many Conservative MPs that resembles a rich, swollen ear was demanding the National Anthem be played at night on the BBC to give the country unity and pride in the nation. But after making her mourn her dead husband alone, and of course lying to her in 2019, that sort of offering of a song I've no doubt the Queen thinks is shit too, is very much thinking petrol station flowers is an adequate apology after shagging your partner's sibling and then accidentally killing their pet in the process and setting fire to their home. 
Then again, maybe all the number 10 staff was staying up partying in the hope of hearing the national anthem at 3am, and it's been this hope that's driven them to be consistently more patriotic than we can ever imagine, staying up every single night for the last two years. Maybe we just don't realise how much they're doing for us. We will, of course, have to wait till the report by Sue Gray to find out, though. She is the second permanent secretary in the Cabinet Office and someone who has the constant expression of witnessing a car hit a deer. She's carrying out the independent report into all these illegal restriction-breaking parties and we know she'll be independent as all the government ministers say they know her really well and she's really very good. The report is meant to come out this week, but with evidence of more and more parties being revealed every day, you do wonder if the plan is actually to just keep delaying old Sue's work until this inquiry takes longer than the Chilcot report and has even less impact on British politics, which would be quite hard to achieve considering. Everything has to wait for Sue Gray's report, as she is the only one who can say if there was a party. We used to have someone at my school like that. Um, there was a guy called Little Marlon, and he would turn up to wherever a gathering was happening, and if he declared, I can see spaces on the dance floor, you knew you'd done bad, and absolutely no one was ever coming to your gaff again. And I wonder if that'll be how Sue Gray just lets everyone off the hook. No, of course they weren't parties, because people have fun at those, and they definitely didn't have any fun at these ones. I mean, can you imagine? This has to be a work event, because why would anyone else sit through Boris Johnson telling that fucking Jaws story again, while housing secretary and sea jelly Michael Gove contorts like he's been possessed. Gray is going to look at the drinking culture at number 10, and there will be a booze ban announced to stop what they've called Club Downing Street. But honestly, I wonder if it was a coping mechanism just to get through having to work with some of the most stupid, dishonest arseholes you'll ever meet. If I was a civil servant knowing that I'd be dealing with the cabinet on a regular occasion, I think the only way I could keep going would be with enough absinthe to keep me in a permanently numb state. It also feels like a lot of the last few years make a lot more sense if you just imagine everyone involved in the shambolic governance of the country was just completely off their face. I mean, it makes sense now that Justice Secretary with his Nerf bullet head, Dominic Rubb, thought that the sea was closed. I definitely had a lot of nights like that before. It's funny as well that this is what's cut through to the public, isn't it? With the Conservatives now at the lowest they've been in the polls since Johnson became PM and his own popularity has plummeted. But I suppose it's just a very big shock to voters that the man known for lying, breaking rules, doing things entirely for selfish reasons and drinking too much turns out to have been lying to them, breaking the rules, doing things for entirely selfish reasons and indeed drinking too much. How were they supposed to know when they voted him in in 2019 that he'd continue to be the same useless fucking destructive idiot that he's always been? I mean, there was no evidence he'd behave like this apart from all of the evidence, but I guess Sue Gray hadn't written a report on it, so it's very hard to say if any of that actually happened. It makes you wonder what it is about the parties that have made people more angry than, say, the government letting 150,000 people die or spending £37 billion of state money on an app that didn't work or any number of authoritarian policies. Do we have to be honest about who we are in Britain and is it that actually those things are things that people really wanted? I mean, everyone wishes a good chunk of the population would just keel over and fuck off. Most people are quite happy to waste money on utter shit and probably everyone thinks it'd be easier if they couldn't do as much stuff and then didn't have to bother making decisions about it. Is the anger at these parties just a really selfish FOMO response knowing that other people were having fun without them? I mean, they probably had to watch someone they cared about die over Zoom while they could have been doing lines off a Churchill bust instead and that's just not fair, is it? Labour have shot up in the polls by doing absolutely nothing except not being the Conservatives and not having parties. It must be really nice to become popular for not being very popular or fun, which I think sums up most of the opposition's electoral tactics to date. Party leader and what if someone put a mute on Beaker from the Muppets, Keir Starmer, has actually been attacking the government for once rather than just voting with them and has accused Johnson of breaking the law. For the parties, I mean, and not all the other ways in which he's done that. 
Deputy Labour leader and star of Abney and Teal, Angela Rayner, said that the Prime Minister can run, but he can't hide. Though based on all the evidence I've seen, I think the exact opposite is actually true. Several Tory MPs have also called for Johnson to resign and said the Prime Minister must lead or step aside, which could be confusing when it sounds just like directions for taking part in a congruent party. One in five Conservative Party members have scrapped their membership and many are saying that this could be the death knell for the party party, which they won't hear with all the music playing that loud. Johnson seemed to weather all of this by hiding away for several days, though the stories see not running, hiding, though the stories said that he'd cancelled a visit due to a family member testing positive for Covid, which begs the question of which family member and how did it affect him when he never sees any of them? It must have been a total coup for one of Boris Johnson's kids who's not seen him in eight years to find out that he's now their dad again. But by those numbers, that does of course leave four out of five Conservative Party members who are absolutely delighted with everything that's been happening and couldn't think of a better leader than Johnson, which shows just how shit their old boy's network is. I know loads of people better equipped to be at number 10 than he is, and right now I'm not even thinking outside of my daughter's class at nursery. There has been support from the Prime Minister from his cabinet too, though some of it was more lukewarm than others. And yes, I realise for people who are usually cold-blooded, lukewarm does sound like it could be a positive thing, but I didn't mean it that way. Chancellor and child perpetually on a school trip, Rishi Sunak, managed to plan a journey to Ilfracombe the day after the fallout from one of the 400 parties and eked out a late tweet about the Prime Minister being right to apologise and supporting his request for patience while Sue Gray carries out her inquiry. Translated, that means I want to be Prime Minister instead and I hope no one asks me about all those parties as I only live next door and went to all of them. The rest of the cabinet though is supporting Boris Johnson and not just because he's too drunk to walk again. In fact, there are two big plans that are supposedly going ahead to keep him at number 10, aka the Ministry of Sound. The first is Operation Save Big Dog, which is down to Johnson's self-references to himself as Big Dog, probably because he has terrible breath and leaves hair everywhere. The idea behind this one is to offer resignations to a whole list of officials so they can take the bullets for him, even though you'd hope as the Big Dog he'd show some fucking loyalty. What a massively shit dog he is. He's like if Beethoven took Valium and also was a total prick. The other is called Operation Red Meat, which sounds a lot like one of those diets that causes halitosis and makes you lose weight through malnourishment. It's a long list of the most right-wing policies you can think of, as though they're all shouting in caps directly at Daily Mail readers in the hope it'll boost support from those who'd otherwise be happier screaming woke whenever they saw a rainbow in the sky. The policies include giving the military control of stopping illegal immigrants in the channel, a job made harder by none of them being illegal, and most of them heading here because we abandoned their country and let the Taliban take over. I suppose at least if the army are puncturing dinghies, they'll be able to say a direct goodbye to the people who helped guide their tours in Afghanistan just before they drown. Another policy is to freeze the BBC licence fee for two years and then scrap it altogether in 2027. A very curious move by Culture Secretary Nadine Dorries, whose job title only makes sense if you remember number 10 does have a problem with drinking culture. If she wants to destroy the BBC, then why doesn't she just demand they dramatise her books? And I reckon everyone will be demanding the corporation is dismantled within the first five minutes of episode one. There are also plans to scrap all Covid restrictions from the end of the month, of the kind Boris Johnson broke until he decided to follow them in order to hide for several days. The self-isolation period when testing positive for Covid has already been cut from seven days to five days, which is great news when a recent study in Japan says those with Omicron are most infectious six to eight days in. The latest variant is being classed as considerably more mild than previous editions and has caused fewer hospitalisations or patients in ICU, but it's still causing 150 deaths a day, so it's bizarre to think that we're just fine with that now. Good luck, I say, to the next serial killer or terrorist who's going to have an absolute field day when they realise they can really go for it and will probably be let off for being no worse than a cold. 
The government line is that it's time for Covid to become endemic, but the meaning of the word endemic is just widespread, and it already is, and no one's really been enjoying that so far. Still, the dropping of restrictions is to the benefit of Covid, and if it is to become properly endemic, then maybe those are the voters that Tories are appealing to. A virus. Covid will definitely turn up to the police stations, no matter the weather, so could be quite a solid plan. These are the policies that will supposedly keep Boris Johnson at Downing Street, and the news has already started to turn to fun distraction pieces, claiming that Keir Starmer once had a beer during lockdown, although all pictures prove that absolutely no one, including him, is enjoying themselves while it's happening. Then there was some story about a Chinese spy, Christine Lee, trying to influence politicians, including Labour's wobbly car dog toy, Barry Gardner, which no doubt could have led to devastating changes in policies that would have got absolutely nowhere near power. Hilariously, by bringing the story back up, Lee's connections to the Conservative Party have also risen to the surface, which could really cause them problems if all their Russian donors find out they have competition. What next? Either Boris Johnson steps down as Prime Minister and is immediately replaced by someone equally as awful, and the nation of goldfish that we live in will decide it's fine to vote for a leader who, in pictures of all the parties, don't look like they're having fun. Labour then drop in the polls on account of not just being the alternative to an idiot, unless, of course, the Conservatives vote in Liz Truss as leader, whose intellectual equivalent is a drop bowl of cat food. In which case, Labour might do okay, just on account of being able to construct sentences and do something more than take selfies. Johnson will go on to a career of getting paid a million pounds a pop to do after-dinner speeches about how he thinks he may have let 150,000 people die, but he can't remember as he was wasted at the time, and then he'll probably tell that fucking Jaws story again, as there's absolutely no way he'll have bothered writing new material. The other option, though, is that Johnson just stays as Prime Minister, as a lot of British life is relying on people to resign out of shame or guilt for doing the wrong thing, but Johnson doesn't feel either of those emotions because he's a psychopath. So he might just stay at number 10 forever and we'll have to hope that at some point with all the parties and the continued exhaustion from a seemingly never-ending supply of offspring that at some point he'll just roll over from exhaustion, much like a big dog. And then the country will mourn this great dog man who made every British person feel happy about their life because at least they weren't him and would never waste that much money on shit wallpaper and knew how to brush their hair. And they would gather at his memorial as his body is carted off inside a Peppa Pig mascot costume encased in a large fridge. And then they'll all be immediately arrested by police for being annoying. There's just so much to look forward to in 2022, isn't there? In other news, Foreign Secretary, supposed leadership contender and what if space ice cream had a stupid grin, Liz Truss, had said there is a deal to be done over Northern Ireland. Which, yes Liz, that's what the Northern Ireland Protocol was, and you agreed to it. When backing Boris Johnson last week over the number 10 parties, Truss said she supported him because he got Brexit done, which then makes you wonder why she's still trying to get it done as well. Constructive talks with the European Commission will start again next week, so it's nice to know that one consistent in British politics is that Brexit will never, ever, ever end. Housing Secretary Michael Gove has set out plans to help leaseholders trapped in unsellable homes with unsafe cladding, but just like unsafe cladding, these policies mean there'll still be an awful lot of residents that won't have any good cover. Gove told companies who'd cut corners on building homes that the government is coming for them. That doesn't sound like much of a threat when chances are if they got caught, they'd just get bought lunch and given an opportunity to donate cash to the party in return for more development contracts. Former Health Secretary and your friend's embarrassing dad, Matt Hancock, has caught Covid for a second time, so that means he's had two positives in his career now. And lastly, sweatless Duke Pukin, Prince Andrew, has to face a civil sex assault case in the US, which is funny because civil sex assault case is an absolutely perfect way to describe him. Buckingham Palace have stripped Andrew of his military titles and say he will be defending the case as a private citizen, which I'm not sure about as I think it'd be far safer for everyone if we knew exactly where he is and what he's doing at any time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, yes, the podcast is uh, back, uh, just in time to report on absolutely endless parties. This isn't the party political broadcast, come on. I did a slightly different name on purpose, didn't I? Um, How are you lot? This year is taking a while to get going, isn't it? I mean, it could just be that I'm taking a while to get going, which I forget now happens every year. I sort of spend the first half of January not wanting to do anything and panicking I've got no work, and then everyone seems to kick into gear around the 12th, and then I get panicked that I've got work, but I still mostly want to sleep and I don't want to do anything. Um, I just My brain is not quite working yet, as you probably tell from that intro. This month, I think, just goes on forever, doesn't it? It just goes on forever. It seems like it's like when um, a film has all the credits before it starts, and you think, come on, I just want to watch a film now. Or when you play a computer game and it shows you four hours of story before you actually get to do anything despite being a january kid um i'm not really i'm not really a fan of this month it's rubbish isn't it when i was a student january was brilliant as everyone got their student loans at the beginning of the month and then it'd be february that was shit as we'd all drunk our money away in january and then we had to like live on a diet of beans um pretty much solidly till the next term um but january was like constant work event month as the kids say nowadays and it was absolutely brilliant then now absolutely shit what are your thoughts on johnson do you think he's gonna go um i find it very hard to be excited about him resigning when to be honest i've been wanting him to do that from way before it was fast also i do want him to go but then if he does he's just going to be replaced with someone else that i absolutely hate like sunak or trust and then everyone will just like them because they're not johnson and chance of kicking the conservatives out will be ruined again so is it best for him to just stay there and keep ruining people's lives and the party and everything until there's just sort of you know no one will ever vote for conservatives ever again even though then whoever comes in will have to spend their entire time in government just rebuilding all they'll just have to spend it all the time reversing it and then the conservatives get in again and ruin it again then you have to get someone in again to reverse it but not very they probably won't do it very well oh it's exhausting isn't it and imagine if the next prime minister who gets in isn't partying all the time and so it's actually more shit because they're actually working to make things worse i don't know it's just tiring and one of the things i do want to try and do on this podcast is get to speak to people with 
any vague hope about the future. I don't know who they are or even if they exist or anyone actually has that. But if you know anyone who's politically optimistic, please send me their details to the usual place and I will try and make this show um, a once a week haven of possibilities of a brighter post-Johnson world. Should I just interview Wordle? That's all anyone's doing on my social media. It seems to make them very happy. I tried it once, got it in two goes and decided I must now never do it again. It's a sort of retire undefeated attitude. Wordle also definitely sounds like a place on the south coast. I'm almost certain I've done a gig in Wordle. Probably in a barn or something. Um, there's no interview on this week's show uh, because I think everyone's had the same mindset as me of not wanting to do anything just yet. Um, I spent last week emailing so many people and I got endless out-of-office replies that all said they'd be returning on January the 4th and then uh, this was like January the 6th or 7th they still hadn't bothered. Uh, I, I'm guessing they just couldn't be asked, or they had Omicron, or they'd fled the country to return to nature and live in a forest, maybe, I don't know. But there will be an interview next week, um, which may be hopeful, probably not, I don't know, I've not interviewed them yet, so we will see. But again, as with every year, I'd just love to know what you think I should talk about on here, who I should interview, generally, what on earth I should do with my life as well. Um, Okay, not the last one, but I will accept suggestions, most suggestions. There was a news article about a job going on Peel Island uh, to run a 300-year-old pub and be uh, crowned the King of Peel. And I did wonder if maybe that that is what I should be aiming for. Just drop every, drop all the comedy. Just become the King of Peel. Just for a change, you know. Is it Peel? It might be Pile. King of Pile is not so good. I should probably look that up before not applying. Although if you were the King of Pile, you have to do a lot of applying. Anyway, um, this is a jokes only ease into the new year of new spew. So just to say thank you very much for being back here with your happy new ears. Next week's will be a bit more of a normal pod with an interview and some sort of middle bit. But for now, it is just that chunk of jokes at the start. This nonsense here. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for being here with your happy new ears. They are probably the same ears you had last year. If not, though, they really suit you. It's a, a good choice. So on that note... And that is all for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Um, Much appreciative sounds like this one. Uh, And this one for returning your ears to this show for 2022. Um, if you've gained anything from this uh, nonsense, even if it's just a sort of mind-numbing boredom that makes sleeping easier, then please do recommend it as a happy sleeping aid to those that you know. If you can, please join the patreon.com forward slash parpolbro. Um, if you want to do a one-off payment, do the ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro. And just give the show a nicely review at one of the podcast holding ports like Apple or other fruit-based sites that are available. Are they? I don't know anymore. I've reached an age where I stop knowing what new things are out there, and I don't care. A weird and slightly cringe poem of thanks to Acast for pod hosting, Cat Day for linear liner notes, and to my brother the Last Skeptic for all of the musics. And this will be back next week when Sue Gray's report finds there were so many parties at Number 10 Downing Street, it was technically a nightclub, which means the government are unable to support themselves adequately and have to close. Bye! This week's show is sponsored by Wine Time Fridays. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 